Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yeah, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. No, but we're not supposed to. That's right. right? That's yes. what I'm gathering. At we're this not point. supposed to, and it's okay. And we're just both hot messes, and we're owning it. <laughs> at least you're a hot mess, Candace. You look great this morning, by the way. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. You look fantastic as well. We're both each other's cheerleaders. I love all this love. I know. We need cheerleaders. We need to be each other's cheerleaders in this right. in this world right now. Um, as we're slowly coming out of of isolation. I'm very relieved to say that I am fully past my 14 days and I am vaccinated and it feels really nice. I feel like I it's just a new, it's a new day. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, we are also vaccinated and fully able to, it's funny, it's more of a a feeling than it's a change of feeling of knowing 
that you're going to be safe. Everything's going to be okay. It does change your mentality. It does. And maybe we can come see each other. (laughs) I know we can hug each other without getting tested ahead of time. You know, luckily we've had the excuse of this podcast to um, take photos together and Mm -hmm. (laughs) make a merch line together Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, and be able to see each other, which we were doing safely by getting tested and, and, and quarantining before we, we had that time together. Um, But it's also an interesting part of being vaccinated is, is also not the relief of knowing that I'm keeping like our little kids safe and and that, you know, keeping loved ones safe when we see each other. Um, But it's also been an interesting time of reflection of looking back at at, you know, what last year was and it personally, you know, being pregnant during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. and really I know I've started talking about it on the podcast, but the kind of the grieving process of the of the time spent away from from loved ones and friends and not seeing other friends with their with their children and realizing now when I see them again, you know, there's a a whole five month old baby that they'd never met before, Mm. you know, seeing other friends with their kids and realizing I've missed out on watching them grow up for a whole year and, 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 and kind of the emotions that come with that. Have you been doing any reflecting, you know, now that, that you're fully vaccinated as well? Are there any senses and feelings of that? That's coming out. Just complete relief and a sense of wanting to see my friends and be with my friends and support each other in person because virtual is great, but it is not the same. And I'm so excited to finally, like you said, Candace, be able to hug and touch, just be with people. And uh, I think what we've all learned through all of this is you can find inspiration and you can find um, happiness in other ways, but who you choose to spend your life with contributes so much to your daily happiness. And um, that is something that I will never, ever take for granted ever again. Well, luckily, we are super fangirls of who we're sitting down with today. And Mm -hmm. she actually was a huge comfort for the both of us throughout the pandemic. Her name is Morgan Harper Nichols. If you have not heard of her, get on social media right now. If you're driving, pull over to the side of the road, follow (laughs) her on her Instagram page at Morgan Harper Nichols. She is an artist, a poet and musician who sees art making as a way to connect with others. Her work is inspired by everyday stories and conversations. You can find her daily reads and more on her app, Storyteller. Her podcast, The Morgan Harper Nichols Show, is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And her new book, How Far You Have Come, weaves together personal reflections with her signature poems to share her journey to reclaim moments of brokenness, division, and pain and re-envision them as experiences of reconciliation, unity, and hope. Now, Kayla, I know that you've been trying to get me to meditate forever, and I kind of dipped my toe into it a little bit on and off throughout the pandemic, which is not really the art of practicing meditation. But it's a start. I kind of feel like Morgan's words and her art and her poetry have been my like many meditations and many mantras throughout the last year. And even before that, we've been highlighting her work on our uh, mm-hmm. podcast social media for uh, since we started on at Candice Kayla. And so, oh my goodness, I'm just so excited. I'm just fangirling. I'm ready. I'm so ready. (laughs) So here's our conversation with the always lovely Morgan Harper Nichols. And we are back with Morgan Harper Nichols. Morgan, 
We have been so excited to record this episode with you. Uh, first, just thank you so much for joining us today. Just know we are we are fans. <laughs> we have been following your your beautiful artwork, your words, your poetry, you for a couple years now. Mm. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. That means so much to hear. It's, it's It really does. It never ceases to amaze me just how the internet is. I mean, you put these things out there and you just, you literally don't know who's on the other side. So no, no. it's always nice to be able to connect with people and, and, and find that out. So that means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny. We were actually just talking about that before um, jumping on the mic with you of just like you create these things and just even this podcast episodes that we create and sometimes it more just feels like we're making this for ourselves as an yeah. excuse to see each other on Mondays. And then whenever right. anyone's like, oh, I heard this episode. We're like, really? People hear this? Like, <laughs> this goes out into the world? <laughs> yes, I feel like I feel the most that way about p- recording podcasts. Like at least at one point in every podcast I do for my podcast, I'm like, halfway through, I'm like, why am I saying this? Like, does anyone care? Because <laughs> you're literally <laughs> just sitting there talking to yourself. Or to I, know. So, I know. Yeah, it's, it, it fascinates me when someone says, oh, I listened to that. Just like you said, it's, it's, it's continually like encouraging to hear. <laughs> well, we definitely care. And part of having this podcast, we knew we would have to create a social media page in order to promote this podcast. And in doing so, uh, we wanted it to be aligned with the things that we were discussing on this show, which is really about self-reflection and growth and um, and getting rid of this idea of perfectionism and mm. just allowing yourself to evolve. And which led us to seeking out other artists or poets or anyone with beautiful quotes on that were parallel to those things that we're discussing on this podcast. And that led us to you. And so for years, we've been highlighting um, your work on our social media page, which then led us to uh, just following you obsessively and, and being comforted by your words and in your creativity. Um, Did you have you recognized now, uh, because you've been doing this for a while, um, specifically on different social media platforms like Pinterest and Instagram. But have you recognized a whole new audience that has discovered you coming off of a year like 2020? Yeah, I, I definitely feel um, that my community audience has grown and it's incredibly diverse. And that always really fascinates me because I, I'm the kind of person who always I, I love to connect with people but I, I was also growing up just very introverted and had a hard time making friends whether they were like me or not so I always kind of had a lot of insecurity around how do you meet people how do you connect with people in a meaningful way and I mean even just from like a like the like a zoom out level I mean even just from a geographical standpoint um just all continents represented um I think the last time I looked, the U.S. was somewhere around 50%, which I thought that was really cool because I'm U.S.-based. Mm. But the other 50% was just literally all over the world. I've had people who are native Spanish speakers asking if they can translate my work to share with their friends. I'm like, sure, oh, wow. that's that's incredible. And I feel like that has has grown even more so over the past year just because 
you know, while, while simultaneously being physically separate, we've kind of all gotten closer for better or for worse <laughs> online in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, I, I've been really grateful to see the, the diversity, uh, continue to grow richer. If that makes sense. So yeah. It does. It makes complete sense, honestly, because you seem to provide exactly what our world needs right when we need it. And that's why your fan base just exploded. You seem to kind of have this sense of knowing exactly what we all need to hear. And I'm wondering the state of our world right now, what is it that you think we all need to hear and know? Mm, I was actually thinking about that not too long ago, earlier today, actually, because it's interesting. I I feel like for me, I personally, a lot of times start at a very cynical place, um, mm. very naturally kind of skeptical. I'm like, hmm, what's really going on? Like, do they actually mean that? Or is that just like a marketing campaign? Like that's sort of uh. like where <laughs> I naturally go, which is good to have that critical mind. However, at the same time, sometimes it can remove you from the heart and it can remove you from the fact that, okay, yes, there are people who may talk about social justice issues for clout, but there are also people who legitimately mean it. And mm. you, we can't always just, talking to myself, like I can't always like draw a conclusion, you know, based on one thing. So personally, that's where I start. And I think the thing is, is that a lot of people are in that place. Like a lot of other people are just over this past year, like a lot of people have had to question like maybe certain leaders that they used to follow or, you know, watching someone just say something that's problematic and that you used to enjoy reading. And now you're just like, oh my gosh, like is, are all the other people that I like, are they also problematic? And I think that, um, or, you know, set problematic things. And I think that a lot of people in different, different, you know, subcultures, different groups are experiencing that. And we can all kind of get in that place of, of grief and sadness and anger. And then it kind of turns into, you know, maybe of like, let me just kind of close off the heart. Let me just kind of like, you know, just keep everyone at a distance. So I feel like a lot of what I end up saying comes from me having lived through that and living through that myself. Mm -hmm. And it just ends up being that a lot of other people feel the same way. And one example of that was, I remember writing a piece that was very specifically inspired by Breonna Taylor and the emotions that I had. And after um, later in this year, there was the um, just horrific shooting that happened in Atlanta. And I was following an Asian American friend of mine and I was just reading her post and I was sharing her post. And I ended up sharing that piece again, but like referencing my friend, I'm like, please go follow her. And I just thought it was interesting because I was like, these are different scenarios, different, different situations. But we do share this common grief and anger, even if it's not exactly the same. So yeah, I think a lot of it just comes from my actual experiences, things that I, that I, um, I actively live through and live with. I'm, I'm in an interracial marriage. My husband is, um, Asian American Pacific Islander and white. And <laughs> there's just so many, and we have a son and there's just so many complexities with having a son in, in this country, a, a black son with brown skin and what that means. So it's a part of my 
my daily life. And, and for me, when I'm writing poetry and when I'm making art, that's where I feel like it's a safe space to kind of like really let those emotions have a place, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, I know it's a long way of answering that question, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of what it's been looking like for me. No, it's, it's beautiful to hear that it's a safe place to, to have that emotional outlet because it really can go either way where I think we've talked to other creatives who felt that they just needed to like put the pen down or, or just take a quiet moment. And Mm -hmm. they just needed to step away from their creative outlet because it was almost too much. Um, So it is beautiful to hear that you found comfort in your, in your creativity. Is that something that you've always had, even from a young age? I mean, I know just obviously reading up on you, you're a beautiful singer. I was listening to your music before we jumped Mm -hmm. on the mic today. (laughs) Um, You know, you've been creating for it seems like as long as you would be able to remember, you've always um, been a creative. So has this always been a safe place for you to go? Your your words and writing and creativity? Yes, it has. I don't think I realized, realized though, or would have had that language until, you know, kind of the last few years. But yeah, as a kid, I dealt with a lot of things. Um, I was... And I end up finding out this year that I'm autistic. So I was diagnosed with autism. So I had a lot of things growing up where I didn't know I was autistic. And I was just dealing with an enormous amount of everything from sensory overload to just communication problems. And um, yeah, I didn't know what these challenges were or what the name was for them. So for me, my journal growing up was my safe space. Like I used to, I used to write in my journal as if it were a person. (laughs) So I would like, at the start of every journal, I would introduce myself and like (laughs) give like, I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. My name's Morgan. I have a sister named Jamie. I was born on this day. (laughs) Just, I don't know. It was really like this other person in my life. And I would just tell my whole story. Um, I mean, everything down from like the mundane details. I even found mm. this one where and it was kind of, maybe it's kind of creepy. I don't know, whatever. But I had like cut off a piece of my hair when I was like nine years old and like taped it inside the journal. And I was like, this is what my hair looks like today. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I found that like last year actually. And I was like, wow, wow. Morgan. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was really invested <laughs> in having this sort of all-encompassing journal. And I also loved to draw, but I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't think I was good at drawing. I had a lot of kids in my life who were good at drawing. Like, you know, those kids who can just draw everything like right. from the time they could pick up a pencil. I wasn't one of those. So I just sort of assumed like, oh, I'm not an artist because, you know, I can't draw these, you know, elaborate Dragon Ball Z characters or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever the kids are drawing. And I was just like, yeah, I can't do that. So I would just keep it to myself. And it was similar with music. The only reason why other people ended up hearing me sing or hearing me play instruments was because music makes actual sounds. So, mm-hmm. you know, people can hear it and my parents would hear me and they're like, oh, you can sing. You should, you should sing. So I didn't, yeah, it was, it was always a safe space for me to make things, but I didn't feel comfortable with sharing it. And I think it was probably because I felt like 
well, if I share it, then what does it become? Like, is it is it still going to be like my private, sacred, safe thing that I have if I'm sharing it with other people? So yeah, I think I, I, I started to notice over the past few years that it was it was really special to have that after I started to kind of share my work more publicly. It's like, oh, it's still nice to kind of have that, you know, art space that you can enter into that you don't share with everyone. So, yeah. This makes so much sense now why you love other people's stories Mm. and why you started your website where people can submit their stories and then you can create art based on their stories. Um, I, I just think that is such a beautiful way to find inspiration because everyone's story is so different. I have so many questions about this, but um, when people submit their stories, how do you how do you choose which ones to create based off of? And also, do you ever find and feel like the process of them submitting their stories is part of their healing? Mm. Yeah. So the way that I choose who to write for is random. Um, because once I started opening up my inbox for people to message me, I, I quickly realized I was not going to be able to get to everyone. Right. Of course. And I was just like, I cannot possibly choose. Like to me, the fact that someone who doesn't even know me would take the time to send me an email and in many cases share something vulnerable. I, I was just like, there's no way I can open that email and not respond. So yeah, till the, to this day, I started this in 2017. And to, the, to this day, I will go through, I'm not so much doing it on Instagram anymore because it's just kind of hard to manage the the DM function. I wish mm. they would make the DM function look like email. Like mm. you have like your <laughs> sent messages. That would just, that would change yes. the game for me. But until that day comes, um, I've actually kind of started to encourage people to email me because it's easier to keep track of it. Um, and what I'll do is I'll just go through, I have, I mean, at this point, it's hundreds and hundreds of pages in right. my email worth of submissions that I'll just kind of click through and I'll just stop on a random page and I'll just click on someone. And the way that the submission comes through, I don't see any anything. Sometimes I can see a little bit of the first name, but I don't see like the story itself. Cause it just so it's like, like roulette. It's just like yeah. happenstance. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's really fascinating because it's um there are some times where someone will share their entire life story, but sometimes it's just like literally a few words in less than one sentence. Um so I I have had moments where people have, you know, they've shared in long form and, and said like it just felt good to get it out and to just share it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I am grateful to be able to offer that. And um yeah, it's it's been really interesting to me because it's um it is definitely a, a source of inspiration just to uh to be able to take in someone's story. Like I recently learned that the word inspiration in like scientific terms, I mean, I'm not a scientist, so this is a poetic interpretation (laughs) of it, but I was reading about the word inspiration and how it's another word for inhalation, like inhaling. And I was like, that's so interesting because I think we often talk about inspiration as like, oh, the thing that you, you know, take all in and then you put it out. But inspiration is literally just taking in. So it's like, by listening to people's stories and by taking them in, it's like, that's valid all on its own. And then if something comes of that, then let that be what it is. So yeah, I, I really enjoy that process. I mean, I, I 
I thought that I would maybe do it for a week or two when I started mm. in 2017, but here we are all these years later and it, it's still a part of my practice. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so <laughs> delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. 
with so many sample packs, new products. It's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code challenged right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code challenged. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. And we're back. Is there anything that, is there a specific story that sticks with you or a specific piece of work that came from a story that still sticks with you that you hold closer to your heart? Yeah, there are quite a few. There are quite a few times where I'll just kind of randomly think about some. Um, Unfortunately, the ones that kind of come to my mind are the most. uh, There have been a few occasions where I have written to someone who um, they either submitted on someone's behalf or or um, it was something to have to do with with a fatal illness or, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. And then by the time I got back to them, the person was no longer living. And yeah, I just don't forget those pieces. I don't forget those moments. And it's just, yeah, it's just something I think about. And Another, like the opposite side of that, kind of a a more lighthearted side of that is there have been times where I have just gotten really, I was, (laughs) I would get like, I haven't done this recently. It was kind of when I was really starting out. I, I would write something for someone. I would just get really carried away and I'm just like writing this long thing and I'm getting all, you know, imaginative and they respond and like, yeah, that doesn't really reflect what I shared at all. So (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've actually, because of that, it's, it, and it can be limiting in that way because it's like, sometimes I'm writing about the subject and I, and I want to go in a certain direction, but I'm like, I don't want to project this onto this person's story, this person's life. So now what I've actually started to do, and I feel like this is what happens in my books. Those are kind of the space where I end up saying all the things that like, I didn't quite feel comfortable just like sending to someone in one email. So Mm. yeah, it really is a delicate balance. And I think that's just a, I hate to say the word issue, but I do think that's the issue with the internet at large of like trying to make real connection, but also process the fact that this isn't a face-to-face with someone that you know. So you Mm -hmm. have to kind of be careful with like, well, where's that line then? And and what? how much do you share in this open platform that anyone can see, but at the same time, you want it to feel authentic and personal? So yeah, that's the real, that's something I think about a lot. Right. What I find interesting, and I'm really excited to talk about um, your, new, your new book, How Far You Have Come, um, but that you specifically in, in this book talk about getting inspiration, breathing in uh, the natural world. And and especially uh, coming off of a year like 2020, which I know I, I'm a broken record at this point, but I feel like we're all in this like healing journey now. And we're still in it. You know, yeah. we're not on the other side of it. But we're all it's like this bizarre in between where we're recognizing what we've all just been through as, mm-hmm. as like, as a collective earth um, in humanity. And uh, you 
bring up like road trips and and that's, you know, the path of the book and and also just taking in from the natural world and and having that inspire you but then the work that you create is in this space like you know digitally mm. um in this digital space if you yeah. if you can see where i'm going with yeah. this but how um how that must feel like do you actually put then like paint to paper or pen to paper um do you find did you find that like an interesting transition from oh my goodness i'm creating you know from the depths of my soul but onto this like digital platform Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly the oh, point see, of my yeah. question, but do you see where I'm I going? I see with exactly it? <laughs> where you're. Yeah, I, I totally. The natural world and the unnatural world, yes. you know, like the real oh, yeah. tangible world and then the digital world and the juxtaposition of that. Yes, that's a real thing. There is a tension there. And I feel like there's a tension there that I've just been very curious to explore for a long time because I. I don't know if I've ever said it quite this way, so it might not make total sense, but <laughs> I love, I, I mean, just yesterday I was in my backyard and I was just staring up at this tree. This, I mean, it's kind of like an ordinary oak tree you would see anywhere. Like it's not, <laughs> it's nothing dramatic. And I was just like, this is such a beautiful tree. And I was like, I'm so amazed by it and just like entranced by it. And I didn't feel compelled to write about it or take a photo. It was, I was just like, I just like standing here looking mm-hmm. up at this tree. I don't know why, but I just like this feeling. And it's interesting because being autistic, I struggle a lot in the real world, especially when it comes to connecting with other people or in places that are like really loud. So in the natural world, I've had to learn how to seek out safe spaces for myself, even if it's just standing beneath a tree or like I remember back in college days. I mean, I didn't know it was autism back then, but being at a loud event, I mean, I would just have to go sit in the bathroom stall for a very long time just to kind of regulate because everything was so loud. And so I've kind of been doing that my whole life and I'm only just now recognizing that. Mm. And I think the thing is, is that for whatever reason, I'm also, and I think because I've experienced this in the real world, quote unquote, I do that with technology as well. So I kind of see social media as like the loud crowded spaces in my life. It's like, okay, you kind of, you don't, I mean, you don't technically have to be there, but it's like, okay, you're you kind of have to, this is where everybody's hanging out. This is where you're going to find out all this information that you need to carry on with your life. And, but at the same time, it's really chaotic and it's very easy right. to get information overload and to just feel like bombarded with all this information and like you can't really process anything. So for me, making digital art has been sort of like my way of, kind of reclaiming like the good side of of technology and the good that it can do. And um, like the main app that I use is called Adobe Fresco and it's available on iPads, but also phones as well. And I always recommend people download, even if you're not an artist, because they have like these cool digital watercolor brushes that look like a real watercolor brush. And there's so many times where I'm just sitting there with my phone And if I feel kind of tempted to go and just doom scroll and just get lost there, it's like, what if I that literal same gesture of moving your thumb up and down, you can do that with a watercolor brush and you can make something interesting, even if it's just something for you. So, 
yeah, I feel like I feel like it's um it's weird. Like I'm trying not to get too meta about it, but it's <laughs> it's like it's like there's this digital world and the natural world. And in a way they kind of like you can learn something about the other by just by being a human and, and being in both. Right. And what I'm hearing is sort of finding that balance. You you Mm. have been able to now find the balance that works for you, which probably each individual has a different sort of balance that works for them. But that's where you create the best when you can find that like beautiful balance between the two. And um, I read that when you were younger, you would take your father's sermons and this is how you started to do it. And then as a musician, you would take some lyrics and then paint to those lyrics. I guess, would I call it painting? Digital painting? Digital creation? (laughs) Whatever that is. Yes. I oftentimes don't feel like I'm a real painter, but it is painting. It's painting, (laughs) I guess, and creating (laughs) and um, just artistry at its finest. And There is a moment that I've heard you speak about that I'd love to discuss where you did hit rock bottom. And we all have Mm -hmm. had those moments where you felt like maybe I'm not supposed to be an artist and this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I was just an artist as a child and um, you broke down. And then you said in true Morgan fashion, you wrote a poem about (laughs) it and used all of that. And then that is the poem that ended up I guess, going viral on Pinterest and was shared over a hundred thousand times. And that was sort of that catapult for you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk to us about the feeling you have that you need to hit rock bottom in order to grasp what you're really supposed to do with your life? Mm, yes. Yes. I like many people. Um, and I don't think it's any individual's fault. I think a lot of it, it's a lot of messaging that we receive, whether directly or just indirectly, this concept of like, oh, life is kind of like this upward trajectory. You know, it's like you you graduate from school and then you get a job and then this happens and that right. happens and you just right off into the sunset. <laughs> and life isn't that way. <laughs> However, <laughs> unfortunately, for many of us, it kind of takes big moments of recognizing that of of and I think for me that came in the form of graduating from college, getting a job that I really liked, and then the job didn't work out because it was moving across the state and I couldn't move with it. And mm-hmm. then I started working in music full time, which is like, okay, this is cool. I can do this. Um, you know, it's it's cool to work in music. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a seal the deal, you know, I'll I'll retire at 30. <laughs> like And it wasn't, I wasn't like a, you know, like a a top 40 artist winning awards. So I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was like, I I love connecting with people and I love making art. And if this is a way I can do it, I'll do it. Right. That's a huge leap of faith too, to start as a, was it a guidance counselor or a school? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then to then go to being a full-time artist, musician. Yeah. It's a big, it, it's it, a big pivot in life. <laughs> it really was. And I was grateful for it. I, I have a younger sister who's in the music industry and, and still is. And, and I was doing a lot with her. And eventually I learned, which unfortunately many musicians learn, many women learn, many people of color learn, is that it is hard to get a lot of support for or to get enough support to fund what you're doing and to fund your career. And I was seeing, I was at a point where I knew that I was giving all that I could give 
and get steel, I'm looking around like, how am I going to pay rent next month? So I, I was really at a place of like, I was, I was broke and tired. And I've since figured out that, okay, you, you can do one of those for a little while, but both of those together, they're, you can't do both of those together mm-hmm. for a long time, being broke and tired. Like you'll, you will, yeah, that, that way is pretty yourself heavy on a person. Completely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's hard because you're, if you're low on energy, you can't even think creatively. It's, it's, it affects the whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was. I was like, I feel stuck everywhere. <laughs> like I feel stuck financially. I feel stuck creatively, spiritually, psychologically. I just felt stuck in every area of my life. And I felt like I really did give my all, like in the first, especially in the, I, I was 26 when I kind of reached that point. And, and up until that point, I, I felt like I had worked really hard. I felt like I had really given my all and, and yeah, I wasn't seeing any fruits. I wasn't getting able to get funding or support. And yeah, I just, I just broke down one night. I just broke down, cried, cried and cried. And right when I stopped crying, I just wrote a poem about this feeling that I was having. Um, And I still don't even know if that feeling has an exact name, but it was kind of a feeling of feeling like a failure, feeling like disappointments to my family, to all the people who had supported me. And I just wrote about it and I put it online and I just let it go on Pinterest for a few months. And then it was a few months later that I discovered that it had been repinned over a hundred thousand times. And it was in that moment that it was, I mean, it's not a perfect poem. I don't think I said anything in that poem that other poets haven't already said much better than I could. But I think it was just a moment of like, okay, yeah, a bunch of other people feel this way too. Right, right. <laughs> um, it's like while I was dealing, going through this rough year of, of watching all of my dreams just kind of like fizzle out one by one, all around the world, there were other people dealing with that exact thing. Even if they look different than me, even if they lived in a different country, even if they were a different age, didn't matter. Like those feelings are universal. So that I think that really just gave me the permission to to see those low points in my life of it's like, okay, I may not be able to fix this in the way that I want to, but I but if I can at least figure out how to name these feelings or emotions or just try to put them on paper, just try to turn them into art at least I'll be able to see that I'm not alone. And mm. that's been really important for me. I, I've i shared some pieces over the past few months. I, I haven't shared this a ton publicly just because I haven't had time to really write about it, but I had surgery earlier this year to have a fibroid removed. And it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad for me for a few months leading up to it. And then even after the recovery, just taking a very long time. And I've written a lot just for myself, just trying for myself, just dealing with that, that physical pain and that struggle. And I've shared some of those things. And even without sharing the story of the surgery itself, people are still connecting with it. People are still saying like, oh, I felt that too. Or I really Mm -hmm. connect with that. And, and I just find that so interesting. It's like, we can share our stories, but we also 
don't always have to. Like we can just acknowledge that we all, that we're all kind of encountering these feelings together. I don't know if that makes mm, sense. Yeah. Yeah, that feelings and emotions are universal, even if the story in which the person is living them out is different. Mm-hmm. And that can and that and that's a beautiful connecting thing for us all. Hey guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We're back. Conversations I've been having a lot in my own personal life that is very relating to what you're saying is sometimes that there's this idea of, um, of course, like the mapped out life of like graduating school and then what's the next plan and then what's the next job and Mm -hmm. and what things are supposed to look like on paper. And but then also, you know, for the dreamers, we have these big dreams and sometimes we can get so hyper-focused on what it's supposed to look like, you know, what, what a dream is supposed to look like that we're missing out on this, like other yummy stuff, like the good stuff about dreaming is that there is like this endless, you know, the endless possibilities of what a dream can be and look like Mm -hmm. that we're so hyper-focused on, like, I have to get through this door of opportunity that we're missing all these other hallways and the opportunities that can be waiting for us at these other doors that can lead us to like, all these things that we didn't even know we had within ourselves to give. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of what you were doing is obviously like music and and sharing your words and your feelings and your emotions with other people. And it's just interesting that, um, that that is still in essence, you know, what you're doing just in a different medium in a different form. And, you know, people are still carrying their words and your, your feelings around with them in their hearts and sharing them with their loved ones. You know, it's not in the form of like playing a song in their car instead it's, you know, but still like it's in a form of them, like reading your words on a very, on their most personal device, you know, on their phone or on their computer. And they're, they're carrying you around with them in their pocket everywhere they go. And there's something really beautiful about that. I don't know. I just felt Mm. like just to acknowledge that. Thank you. Have you guys seen the movie Soul? 
Yeah, the, the Pixar movie. <laughs> this is reminding me so much of that because long story short, for those who haven't cover your ears because it's a must see and I don't want to ruin anything. But he that it's that's his life story. He is only single. He has one singular vision, thinks he belongs and needs to do one thing. And then he's able to go back and see his life and realize all these incredible things he's done that he mm-hmm. hasn't even noticed and all these people he's touched and that's kind of what you were talking about, Candace, and it's beautiful. But Morgan, I have to ask you about your creative process because um, we're all artists here. And I think sometimes putting it out, putting art out every single day, whether it's your daily podcast, whether it's your you know beautiful Instagram or blog shares, all of that, putting that on yourself to create and share art every single day is a lot. And so I'm wondering, do you, what is your creative process? Is there a specific spot you go to? Is there a song you listen to? How do you find that inspiration every single day? Yeah. So the biggest thing is, and I think that I, in a lot of areas of my life, this could probably be a weakness, but um, when it comes to art and sharing, I think it's, it's uh, my process. I think it's a strength. Now I am a very like, type B, low energy, like I'll get to it when I get to it type person. Like I am never in a hurry. So <laughs> um, sometimes that's not a great thing. It's like, hey, Morgan, uh, we sent you that email. Like, do you remember it? I always tell people that work with me, like, please, please don't ever say to me like, oh, just get to it when you get to it. I will get to it. Like, give me a date, (laughs) give me a date and give me a date. That's like five days before you actually need it. I'm just being honest. Like I am, I mean, I do, I do. If I have a deadline, like I take it seriously, but I'm just saying my natural tendency is like, nah, I'll get to it when I get to it. So because of that, I actually make a lot of art, but I don't share anything in real time. So for instance, I shared something on Instagram today that I created when my son was about a month old and my son's about to turn two years old. Oh, and wow. I, it was, it was, I was holding him and we had some flowers on our back deck and I took some pictures of the flowers and then I made some art from those flowers. I'm just now sharing it. <laughs> so wow. it's, um, for me, I, I have a hard time with them. It, it's very important for me to separate my creative process from the creative publishing process. Like right. it's, those are just such separate things because what I have found is that when I, when I'm focused on, oh, you need to upload something today, then I'm trying to think, oh, well, what, what's trending or, you know, what, what will fit with all these other things that are going on. And a lot of times that just doesn't come up with the best combination because you can't control the algorithm. You can't control, you know, who all is going to see your work and what they're all encountering in, in the day. So I find it a lot more freeing to just say, I'm creating this today and it might not end up being seen by anyone till a month from now, a year from now. So yeah, it, I think that's a strength of mine. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> it has its weak side, but the strength is that I'm just not in a rush. So that gives me a lot of permission to just experiment. And I think what motivates me to experiment is I love colors. I love playing with colors on my Mm -hmm. iPad. It's 
so therapeutic. Yeah. <laughs> I can just sit there. I did this this past Saturday. My my son went out with my husband and I was just home for a few hours and I just turned on some TV and I just sat with my iPad and just played with shades of purple because I was like, I need to do more with purple. So it's fun for me. And, and, and in that moment, I'm not thinking about, oh, is this going to end up being on a product collaboration or is this going right. to be on Instagram? I'm not even thinking about it. I'm like, just have fun. You know, this is something you enjoy. And then if it ends up being something that's shared later, then it is. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I think it's so easy, especially nowadays, to lose sight as an artist, to lose sight of just ma- creating the art for the sake of creating the art mm-hmm. and always needing to know what the end result of it's going to be. So it's a beautiful reminder just to enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. Um, What have you, obviously you wrote your, your latest book during the pandemic and so much of your work is rooted in um, is self growth. And also then you've talked about on this podcast already that you've recently also been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. Um, What have been the biggest lessons or, or, takeaways from going through such a big year like 2020 that we've all just mm-hmm. been through um and then also what have, yeah what have you learned about yourself what is there like a sense of relief that things that you've learned about yourself whether it's that um that maybe celebrating that you were kind of already on this path of being able to be present and create art and and lean into that or things that you didn't realize that um you want to do more of or less of or what what are the big takeaways that you've learned about yourself after last year? Mm, yes, yes. This past year and, and some change has definitely been um transformative for, you know, in, in a lot of ways for for me and obviously everyone else. And, you know, there's there's a lot. And and I feel like it's kind of hard to even sum up in a few sentences, but there is you know, for me, there were some, some big, some big turning points. Um, there were, I, unfortunately, there are people that I knew that passed away and can't go to funerals, um, you know, in other states. And that was kind of, I mean, not kind of, I mean, that, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. It's just like a whole new thing that many of us, many people too many people have had to encounter. Um, and just being at home was just a very sombering um, experience for me because I realized that I had been doing way more than I probably should have been doing just in terms of my workload and the pressure that I felt. I So with my art and everything, we were able to start a business a few years ago. So we're small business owners and there's just a lot of pressure with that when it comes to <laughs> running a business and and feeling like you kind of always have to be on and be on top of things and it's can be hard to rest. So just recognizing that amidst all of that uncertainty, it's like, okay, you're still a human though. Like you, you do have to get sleep at night. Like <laughs> you do have to have mental breaks where you're not just thinking about every number and every detail, like you won't be able to sustain that. So that was a huge, um, huge turning point for me. And, and, and in that slowing down, I just ended up being creative in different ways. And, and that's how I actually wrote my book was 
by literally going through my phone's camera roll and finding moments that I maybe hadn't sat with that were moments of of growth and courage. And I found it by literally just looking at photos of of sunsets and and um and trees and driving over bridges just from my iPhone photo. Like the cover of my book is actually an iPhone photo from my phone. And mm-hmm it started there and I just kept going deeper and deeper. And that's something that I don't think I would have done outside of last year, because I, I, if I have like a big project, I'm like, okay, well, I need big inspiration. You know, what trip am I going to take? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I didn't have that. So I had to learn how to go deeper right where I was. And that's what ended up making the book happen. And and just in that stillness, I also ended up on TikTok a lot. <laughs> and that <laughs> resulted in, that is actually what led me to pursuing my autism diagnosis. Oh, I had had, yeah. growing up, I did, my parents did think it was possible that I was autistic. And, um, but I mean, just back in the 90s, and of course, even before then, I mean, it's just really hard to get diagnosed and it just gets even harder for girls, for for Black kids. I mean, it's just really complicated. Um, so they kind of reached some dead ends and weren't able to get any help. And then I tried when I was 27, I went to my doctor and I said, I think I could be on the autism spectrum. And he was just like, you're perfectly normal. You have nothing to worry about. Like he barely even listened to me. <laughs> and wow. sadly, I believed him. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until TikTok that I saw some autistic women who were talking about their experiences with being diagnosed as adults that I really realized that that was my story. And that is what gave me the courage to start Googling and find a specialist. And thankfully, I was able to find one. So yeah, I've, <laughs> I've learned a lot from having to sit still. And, and it's, it's hard because I mean, the, the diagnosis process was several months long. And I mean, it's literally looking at every facet of my life and lots and lots went into that. And there are so many days, like just after sessions, appointments, where I would just like sit there and just silence. I'm like, what just happened? So, um, Cause there's just a lot to process. I mean, yeah. processing anything is that of, of your whole life is, is a lot, you know, <laughs> especially the older you get. Cause there's just so much you have to think back on. So it was just, um, I feel like I've learned a lot from just being still and really looking in, in the mirror in an all new way. But the, the beautiful thing about that now is that I feel like I feel like I'm able to advocate for myself more. I feel like I'm I'm able to say no to things more if I'm not able to do it and just be and not feel so much guilt and shame around, oh, I feel like I should say yes to this because everyone else said yes to it. It's like, no, I can't do it. And that's okay. Um, I have someone helping me with my email now. I have people helping me with things that a year ago, a year and a half ago, I would have been like, no, I can do that all on my own. I don't need any help. Like I'm an adult, I'm a business owner. I should be able to handle this all by myself. And I'm learning how to ask for help more and and not be ashamed of needing support and not be ashamed of, 
of inviting other people in. So yeah, it's a long way of answering your question, but no, it's learned beautiful. A lot. I've learned a lot. <laughs> we hear a lot about that on this podcast of learning to say no and the power mm-hmm. of that. And then also asking for help. How, how difficult it is for people to just ask for help. It's something that's so simple. Um, I also really wanted to ask you about being a first-time mom. I, I think you and I have uh, parallel uh, birth times because I'm oh. almost going to have a two-year-old as well. And oh so gosh. I know for me, she was around five and a half months old when we were on lockdown. And so that was such a saturated first-time yeah. mom experience. Also very lonely because, you know... you you need help and it's your first time experiencing all these new things. And then you're told you can't leave your house. You can't Mm -hmm. have help. You can't even, you know, count on family, which maybe you wanted to. So um, did you find that, that it was harder to create in those moments, easier to create? What was that experience like for you? Oh yeah. There, I'm sure you can relate to this feeling. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's so hard because I, I think in, in becoming a parent, like many parents, it's like, you want to give your kid the best you can give them. Like you, mm-hmm. like whatever you didn't get to do as a kid, you want to do it. So like right. one of the first things <laughs> before the lockdown, when my son is like seven months old, he had been to Disneyland like three times. Why? Because <laughs> I didn't get to go to right. Right. I think we went, to, we went to Disney once and that was like, okay, yeah, you better enjoy it because <laughs> this costs a lot. So <laughs> We had Disneyland passes. We're like, you're going to be a Disney. He's going to know his whole way around the park. (laughs) So yeah, we definitely were really excited to just literally show him the world. And and, um, yeah, just learning how to do that at home. It's just been a completely different experience. It's so hard. It's so hard. I mean... We were um, like birthday coming up and we were like, oh, we could go to the aquarium. Like it's pretty socially distanced and like we could do that. We can make that happen. And then like you look up the website and we're still going to go. But like so many things are closed down. Like they're right. like, oh, yeah. they can't, you know, touch the tadpoles. I don't know, whatever you touch in the water. When you're yeah, the tide, pool, <laughs> tide pools. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. There's so the many little things the, like yeah. that. It's like, oh, that's such a bummer. I'm like all these little things like literally the smallest things that we can't do. So Mm. it's been, thankfully, I actually have, my sister and I got pregnant at the same time. (gasps) My, she has a little one and her niece is a week younger than my son. No way. (laughs) That's incredible. You can't plan that. That's incredible. I know we did not plan it. It is the most hilarious thing that that happened. (laughs) (laughs) But um, thankfully we have each other. So it's, it's, we can at least vent to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, we were both going through the same thing of like, oh, hey, their birthdays, once again, they're going <laughs> to look different this year. And how are we going to do this? But it's, um, yeah, I think it's really important to have other people that you can at least talk to it about because the thing is, is it's, we don't know what the long-term effects of all this is. So when these little kids are able to be around other little kids their age, I think it's just going to be so important because unfortunately they have that shared experience, which, which is so sad, but at the same time, it's like, they don't have it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they'll all be able to say, Hey, we were, and maybe they'll be more open about mental health issues than our generation was. And maybe they'll be like, Hey, here's why 
we're all dealing with this because when we were babies, this is what we went through together. So mm-hmm. let's all be a little nicer to ourselves and each other because, you know, we've been through a lot. So, right. you know, I'm hopeful for that, that, and I feel like I'm even seeing that now with like Gen Z, like they're even more open about talking about mental health and, and being more open about long-term effects of things. So I, I just hope that that continues to get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Well, speaking of mental health, uh, your podcast is also wonderful. Oh, you release you. Um, new, um, like they're shorter episodes where yeah. you just, you read off um, your some thoughts and feelings and poems. And, uh, and you also like to leave your listeners with like a piece of their own inspiration, their own, something they can breathe in and maybe journal mm-hmm. about and take away with them. And we were wondering if you wouldn't mind if there's anything you have that you would maybe want to give to our listeners today um, that they could maybe ruminate on or or journal about later. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, hmm. I'll give you one that I think it's been pretty, um, something that I feel like I've been trying to do more. And that is to find something new every day that's small that you can just delight in for no other Mm. reason than just take it in. So for me today, that was a very delicious snickerdoodle cookie that I (gasps) ate a few seconds before we hopped on this call. (gasps) And it was delicious. And (laughs) like, that's it. That's what Uh I'm going to delight in today. It's small. It does not matter in the grand scheme of things, but it was a part of my life and it was special and I'm going to hold on to it. So just finding something little yesterday, it was a tree. It was staring mm-hmm. up at the tree. So just finding a little moment like that every day. And, you know, over time, you'll look back and see all these little things that you've, you've been gathering all along. Oh, I love that. I love Thank that. you so much, Morgan, for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Morgan Harper Nichols, you guys, the <laughs> Morgan Harper Nichols. We are so honored to have sat down with you and had this conversation. You are inspiration isn't the right word, but you're just fascinating and so inspiring. And we feel so lucky Mm. to have you a part of our podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you. I really, I really enjoyed this conversation as well. I really did. Thank you. You know, it's funny. Morgan talked about how she sat and enjoyed a lovely cookie before our conversation with her. And that was sort of her form of meditation and stillness and I was thinking throughout our conversation with her, well, what will mine be today? And as we're talking to her, we have this beautiful bay window in the room I'm recording in and this butterfly has not left this little flower and it just keeps kind of buzzing around and then landing again and buzzing around and landing again. And I found myself throughout our conversation enjoying it so much and then staring out the window at this butterfly. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is what Morgan was talking about. She sat in front of that tree and just sat and watched it and enjoyed it. And I think what I'm going to take away from our conversation is finding moments like this more in life, but also just recognizing them because maybe they already exist and we're doing it. We just don't realize that it is a form of meditation or a form of stillness Mm. or reflection. I love that. I know I'm realizing mine yesterday would have been um, I, I I made spring rolls like with with rice paper and 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 just like the chopping of all the vegetables and yeah. and 
that go in it and then the dipping of the rice paper and kind of like the art of folding it, which I did terribly. It took me like 12 spring rolls to get one good one. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Joe was craving them and I just kind of got inspired to cook dinner and just uh, and had Josephine sleeping in the in my little baby carrier. And so just, you know, the feeling of the spring rolls while I was rolling them and kind of the smell of Josephine's breath when she was sleeping. And it's just I don't think I would have. I wouldn't have stopped to, I wouldn't have been like living in that moment over a year ago. Over a year ago, I would have been, I would have been thinking how tired I was. Mm. I would have been, you know, thinking of the other 10 things I should have been doing. I would have been, you know, overwhelmed at the thought of everyone being hungry and wanting to feed them. And is there enough food? And, you know, I just would have been already in a different place stressing about something that didn't matter at the moment, thinking that that's what I should have been doing. I should have mm-hmm. been busy. I should have been stressed. I should have been the shoulda, coulda, wouldas of um, instead of just really sitting in the present moment and being like, no, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what fills me up as a human, as a woman, as a partner, as a mother, as a caregiver. And, and just, it's nice to sit in that. It's nice to sit down and, and kind of look at those moments, just like she described looking up at this tree and, and to anyone else, it might not seem significant, but to feel the significance of that is what makes us human. And that's the coolest part. That's, that's the stuff. That's the yummy bits of life. Right. I've been hearing so many people talk about how they've just slowed down through the pandemic. It's been the one positive side to it all that everyone's crazy busy life before they were able to kind of trickle out all the 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 noise and then just mm-hmm. be. And that's what I'm hearing you say. What? I'm thinking back to an episode we had a really long time ago, pre-pandemic, and where the whole episode was about slowing down and the idea that we were also quote unquote busy. We're all busy, busy, busy. And the modern woman and what it means to be busy. And I think that the advice that we were working through was was then making lists and timing out every single part of your day <laughs> to like work in periods of time of like of like rest. <laughs> And where it's like, I understand that, yes, like that, that is an actual thing that is wonderful and a great tool. But the fact that we get, let it get to that point, you know what I mean? And right. now I, like, I don't know if I could, if I could ever get back in, in the moment that made so much sense. I'm like, yeah, I, I just schedule time of rest. And now I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Those things have to, you know, I need them to like coexist. There's mm-hmm. not like a scheduling of rest. The, the rest is just as important as the other stuff. Right. Like this is not, I'm not going to pencil that in anymore. Like that has to exist. Um, always. Wow. always. It'd be so interesting to go back and listen to that episode and see where we and our guests were at that time in life. And then now to see how far we've come and maybe it's full circle. Yeah. Or maybe we're just halfway through the circle and that's okay too. There's still more to come. That'd be great. I love that. We're the crescent moon. I'm feeling so like <laughs> moon and sun and earthy. like... <laughs> earthy. I mean, I've got this like earthy boho dress on. I'm just <laughs> feeling it feeling it but it feels good i like feeling a little earthy well i think that's how everyone feels when they are done 
being within the presence of Morgan Harbor Nichols, listening to her podcast, reading her daily dose of inspirations. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. We have another great episode coming up for you next week, and we'll see you then. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST.